and welcome to the Bible for Worship at St. Paul Lutheran Church on this 20th Sunday after Pentecost, when our Gospel reading is written in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I've prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go, therefore, into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is the third of three parables that Matthew puts in quick succession to each other at the end of chapter 21 and the beginning of chapter 22 in this gospel. The first one was about a man who had two sons, and the second one about a man who owned a vineyard and let it out to tenants, and this one about a king who throws a wedding banquet for his son and invites guests. In each of them, the king, or the man, makes a request of others, whether it's the sons, or whether it's the tenants, or whether it's the guests. And in each of them, there is a refusal. The question arises, what will happen after those who have been asked refuse the man or the king? The key to answering that question shows up here in verse 7 of chapter 22, where it says that the king sent his troops and burned their city. In the time of Matthew, when he was writing this gospel, the 
absolute total destruction of the city of Jerusalem would have been within living memory only 10 to 15 years before Matthew was writing, probably. And the descriptions that we have from ancient writers of that destruction of Jerusalem suggest that Matthew's readers could not have missed the way in which this reference sent his troops and burned their city referred to that destruction of Jerusalem. This is, after all, a king who in the other parables and even earlier in this one sent slaves or servants. But here, it's very clearly a military body that is sent, these troops or army. And in the Roman Empire of Matthew's world, that could only mean Roman troops who did indeed burn the city of Jerusalem to the ground in 70 of the first century. And why did that happen? Well, we have many sources from the Jewish world of the time that pretty much agree that the understanding was that Jerusalem was destroyed because the Jews, and particularly their leadership, dishonored and disrespected God. The rabbis say that the city was destroyed because of reckless hatred among the Jewish community. Unfounded conflict and hatred. And when God's people quarrel and exhibit that kind of animosity to one another, that dishonors and disrespects God just the way that the guests invited to the wedding feast here in this parable dishonor and disrespect the king by not even giving a good answer. They just didn't want to go. And they seized some of the slaves and killed them. So the king sent the troops and burned the city. Matthew seems clearly to be accounting for why it was and how it could be that God's temple and God's city of Jerusalem could be destroyed. So now, there's a new set of guests. And this set of guests, drawn from the highways and the byways, the good and the bad alike, in a kind of egalitarian way of selection, whomever you find, just invite them and bring them. This was a new and different pattern for meals and especially for festive meals in Matthew's world. It's the new and different pattern of the community of Matthew that follows Jesus, where everyone is welcome at the banquet, where everyone, regardless of social status or wealth 
or the honors conferred by the world is an equal in this new kingdom that God is inaugurating. They all get invited. And yet, as the last four verses of this parable indicate, and it's really kind of a second parable, when the king comes in and finds one who does not have on a wedding garment, that one is challenged. Once again, we think about Matthew's situation. Because for Matthew, there is still an expectation of righteousness in the community. Those whom the king rejected and whose city was burned, they were not worthy. And still that question of worthiness hovers over Matthew's community because they know, Matthew knows, that a day is coming soon when God will make choices in the world. God will judge who is worthy of this kingdom. And it is urgent for Matthew and Matthew's community to be found wearing the robe of righteousness. What is that? Well, for Matthew, it is Torah. It is the Jewish lifestyle according to Jesus' teachings of it. That's what we see in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 to 7, as Jesus interprets the Torah differently from other rabbis of the time, differently from other Jewish teachers, and yet still very much within the tradition of the Jewish community. After all, in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 5, verse 20, what he said, what Jesus says, Matthew's Jesus, says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom. Those scribes and Pharisees are the one whose city and temple was burned. But the expectation for Matthew's community is indeed to be worthy of the covenant God has given to be worthy of the banquet to which they're invited. It goes so far as, again in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, verse 48, Jesus can say, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. This was a particular moment in the life of the early church when the urgency of that day of Jesus' return a day of judgment, a day of sorting out sheep from goats, was right around the corner. And Matthew didn't want anyone else to be left out. They had seen what had happened to Jerusalem and the temple. They couldn't let that happen to themselves. And so a focus on living in this new egalitarian community, but guided by Jesus' understanding of the Torah, this is the life to which Matthew's community was called. Ultimately, this would not be the pattern for Christianity. The church would move away from the Torah lifestyle of biblical Israel and early Judaism 
even the way that Jesus interpreted it, more under the guidance of the Apostle Paul. But still the impetus of this moment to say, you have been called freely. You have been given free entrance to this banquet. When you show up for it, please do not dishonor and disrespect the one who has invited you. You know how that one, how God wants us to live and behave what we should be dressed in for life. Please come prepared, come dressed in righteousness. God bless.